You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's talk Buck football with Tom Krasnicki from WDAE Radio in Tampa. Tom, we appreciate the time. I'll let our quarterback, Cordell, ask you about Jameis Winston. I want to focus on the ground game. Is it just coach speak to say Doug Martin is not guaranteed to be the starter when he comes back from his three-game suspension? He's a much better option than Jaquez Rogers, right? He is. Uh, and good afternoon, guys. It's a pleasure to be on with you. The problem is, is because of the suspension, when the Bucks needed Doug the most, that's when that whole ordeal started to develop toward the end of last season. They knew about it. He was active. They still sat him against the Saints, and then he missed the last game against Carolina. He'll miss the first three weeks of the season. I think the Bucks are trying to keep Doug Martin in check, trying to keep him humble. And I don't believe he is guaranteed a spot between now and then when he comes off his suspension. I think he's going to be an insurance policy. Jacquez Rogers will handle it. Keep an eye on Peyton Barber, guys. He's a 225-pound back who has the kind of skill set that the other running backs don't have as that big hammer in the fourth quarter. But, you know, if Doug stays clean, he's certainly in great shape. He's had a good camp. He may get an opportunity to get his job back, but all of that is uncertain right now. Jameis Winston has made a big splash coming into the National Football League as a rookie uh, for the first time, having anyone to throw for 4,000 yards in the first two years. Uh, tell me, what does he need to do now? Because it seems as if he's put a lot of pressure on himself to try to make plays and do it by himself, which end up creating turnovers as far as interceptions were concerned. But now when you have players like the, the Sean Jacksons of the world and the other receivers, and now all of a sudden uh, you have a, a Jock West Rogers that can help out Doug Martin, does he need to do it by himself or he needs to really trust the guys around him and try to do it by committee? Because this team, I think, is trending in the right direction, better than most in the division that they're in. Well, Cordell, you're absolutely right. And look, with Jameis, his number one priority is cutting down on the turnovers. 43 of them through the first two years, 18 interceptions last year. And for Dirk Cutter, that's not good enough. And guys, if you watched Hard Knocks, that give and take between Dirk and Jameis in his office, they've had that conversation since the day Jameis was drafted. Dirk has been constantly telling him, look, you don't need the big play the whole time because Jameis is a gunslinger. He's looking for the big play down the field. And Dirk is saying, look, Take what the defense gives you. Check it down. Throw the football out of bounds. Don't force it down the field in double coverage. We don't need you to do that. We've got good talent around you. We've got a very good defense. You can certainly win the game for us. You can also lose the game for us. And that conversation you saw in Hard Knocks is the same conversation they've been having for three years. James has got to cut down on the turnovers. Tom Krasnicki, WDAE Radio in Tampa, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Tom, you know the connection between the MVP award and the NFC South. Cam Newton a couple of years ago, Matt Ryan, the reigning MVP. Cordell and I both believe Tampa Bay is going to win this division. Could you envision Jameis Winston winding up in the MVP conversation this year? Guys, I think he'll be in the conversation if, in fact, they do win this division. I've been on record as saying I do believe Jameis will throw 30-plus touchdown passes this season because he's got Mike Evans back. They signed Deshaun Jackson. And I'll tell you guys right now, I've been out of training camp almost every day. Deshaun Jackson's been the best player on the field for the Buccaneers so far in training camp when you count offense, defense. He is head and shoulders above everyone else. And O.J. Howard looks like a major weapon, a guy who's 6'6", 250, Runs in the four fives, runs pretty good routes, can already block. You saw that in Alabama. He was underutilized in the passing game. They're going to use him in the passing game. He's going to be a problem in the red zone. So 
So as long as Jameis makes the right reads and cuts down on turnovers, yeah, I absolutely believe that if the Bucks win 10 or 11 games and win this division, he'll be in the MVP conversation. Many have talked in talking about the MVP. Many have mentioned that Aaron Rodgers is arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the game, particularly when it comes to getting outside the pocket and dealing with pressures. But Jameis Winston, I'll give you a few numbers. When it comes to QBR, QBR, he's number one in the National Football League when outside the pocket, when it comes down to, what is it, 93%. When it comes down to passing TDs, he's second in the National Football League with 18. Uh, when it comes to uh, yards per attempt, he's fifth with 7.9. Those numbers, do you think they get overshadowed uh, because of the turnovers? And if he were to correct those turnovers, if he can continue this trend outside the pocket, which I think a lot of quarterbacks struggle when it comes to being accurate and efficient, can he really be in that conversation at MVP? He can, Cordell, because of those numbers. And those are great numbers that you point out. You know, when Jameis first came into the league, a lot of people thought that his body wasn't ready for the NFL. And he knew that. And when he went to the Pro Bowl after his rookie season, and he only went there because every other quarterback pretty much dropped off, let's be honest. He went there and he told us he saw guys like Julio Jones and Russell Wilson and the kind of immaculate shape they were in. And he was like, Damn, he goes, for me to get to the next level, I want my body to look like theirs. And in two years, he's transformed himself. He's like 225, 230 now. He's in great shape. And that allows him to have that kind of mobility that you were just talking about to extend plays, to get the football out of his hands when he gets outside of the pocket. He's made some miraculous plays through the first two years in doing just that. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Tom Krasnicki from WDAE Radio in Tampa. Tom, we never talk about kickers, but it's relevant on your club, considering the Bucks invest in a second-round pick in Roberto Aguayo, one of the most accurate kickers in college football history. Last year was not that precise. How much is he being challenged by the veteran Nick Folk? He's being pushed big time, Brian, and I think that competition right now is at a dead heat. There were some days early on where Roberto was better than Nick Folk. Nick Folk got the better of him a couple of days last week, and there was a day where they were both really bad, and Dirk, Dirk Cutter called them both out afterward to the point where the next day when they released their first depth chart, Dirk didn't even list the starter at kicker. It had Nick Folk or Roberto Aguayo on the depth chart. So it's a competition. There's no doubt Nick Folk got paid quite a bit of guaranteed money in the offseason He's made more than 81% of his field goal kicks throughout his career. Roberto Aguayo was the least accurate kicker last year. This is going to be a competition, guys, and if I had to pick a winner right now, I think Nick Folk is going to win it. Tell me about Brent Grimes. Uh, talking about his leg gash and saying that he'll be out uh, for the preseason and then try to make it back for the opener uh, against the Bengals. How serious is his, his injury? Yeah, Cordell, he's not going to play tonight, and I was there at camp the other day. He got a cleat right to his leg, and the gash looked actually pretty ghastly if you see it on social media. But he's not going to play tonight, but he's going to be ready. The Bucks will take, uh, will take every kind of precaution with Brent moving forward. He may not see a lot of time in the preseason, but there's no doubt he's going to be ready to go week one when they open up down in Miami. He's one of the guys at the age of 34. He's the oldest starter the Buccaneers have right now, offense or defense, but he's actually had a pretty good camp. He's got a nose for the football, that guy. Tom, since it sounds like we're all in agreement this team should win the division, and we know they're trying to build on a nine-win season, what area, if you got to highlight one specific component for this team, what area do they need to improve upon the most to get that done? I think it's safety, guys, and that was a problem last year for this team, and 
They have two holdovers in Chris Conte and Keith Tandy. And Tandy actually played well over the last month of the season, but the Bucks felt like they had to upgrade that position, so they did so in the offseason. They signed J.J. Wilcox, who was with the Dallas Cowboys. He's actually had a pretty good camp. He's had three interceptions so far in camp. And then he drafted Justin Evans in the second round out of Texas A&M, a guy who's very athletic, can play center field safety. He can play a little defensive back. He can play nickel, pretty good coverage skills. His tackling is, eh, you know, work in progress. But I think in coverage, he provides that kind of athleticism that the Bucks haven't had. So safety is a position to watch, certainly. Last one for me. Uh, when it comes down to this offense and the, and the production that Doug Martin had when he first got there and, and seeing his struggles, whether it's injuries to now the suspension, how much do you think his absence will affect the offense? Uh, it's going to affect it greatly, Cordell, because Dirk Cutter has made it clear he wants to run the football. He wants to try and save Jameis from throwing it 40 times a game, even though they improved the weaponry around him. But this offense is predicated on coming out multiple tight end sets. They want to be able to run the football, work off play action, and try and hit big plays down the field to Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. So the running game is imperative. If they can keep defenses honest, and that passing game is going to actually open up the running game because now you're geared up to try and defend Deshaun Jackson. That defense will loosen up considerably. I think there's going to be some wide-open running lanes for this team to run right through. And keep an eye on J.R. Sweezy, a guy who was injured all of last year, guys. They signed him two years ago as a free agent. He's looked pretty good in camp. He's going to start a right guard. He brings the type of nastiness they've been looking for in the run game. Tom, we appreciate the information. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today here on the NFL on TuneIn. My pleasure, Brian and Cordell. Anytime, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.